0: When restaurants reopen, you know, and you 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 everyone's busy again, you've got, you know, front of house and back of house interaction, you almost have to, like, separate the two because, you know, one leads into the other, then you've got a COVID-positive customer. You know, like tier, tier one, you know, from a customer coming in will then take out the whole business.
1: Today on Dirty Linen, we are speaking to a business owner who is going through something... I guess a lot of hospitality business owners have gone through and we can only imagine that a lot more are going to go through it in the future as we open up. His name is Mike Russell. He owns one of my absolute favourite bakeries in the world, Baker Blue. Mike, welcome to Daddy Linen.
0: Thanks for having me. Thanks for taking the time to chat.
1: Oh, well, thank you for taking the time to chat because I suppose in some ways you've got time but in another sense. I have a lot
0: of time now. This is like it's it's really eerie. Um, You know, we've been open five years and it's it's just it feels really weird on a Saturday to be for both bakeries to be closed and to be at home and I can't imagine how all of the staff feel. You know, it's it, it hurts like my wife and I, Mia and I, it's, um, you know, it's really weird and it's kind of like, um, you know, it's really sad, but, you know, I, I really feel bad for, for all of our staff as well.
1: Yeah, so just to put everyone in the picture, you've had a, a staff member test positive and that's sort of turned into a, a bit of a situation. But put us in the picture. What's been happening at Baker Blue over the last week?
0: So, yeah, over the last week we, um, you know, it, it, it just – prior to all of this we'd been actively you know kind of um, had a little bit of a scheme going with trying to get all of the staff vaccinated all the full-timers all the full-time production staff um, and drivers uh, vaccinated and we so we had a $250 um, scheme um, for you know if you were double vaccinated by the end of November you could uh, you had a you choose a voucher of your choice um you know like jb hi-fi amazon whatever you would like and and that was kind of that we, we thought that would spur on a lot of the young guys to go and get vaccinated and it was working um we actually had everyone with their first you know first shot and a couple of people were double vaxxed um we had one of the young guys who had his pfizer shot on the Friday. And he felt um, a little bit unwell on Sunday. We said, "Look, you should go home, take the day off on Monday, but you should also go and get tested as well." Um, and he sent, uh, he got a positive result on Tuesday morning. He sent it straight through to all of the sort of the operations, the leadership team at the bakery, and that's when it all action stations. You know, we we, we were like, "Wow, this is big." Um, We pretty much, we had like a quick, like one minute meeting and we decided to, to, to alert all the production staff immediately and said, you know, you guys should go and get tested and go home. We'll be in touch with you really shortly. And from that moment on, we closed the store as well um, and alerted all the front of house in Caulfield. And then we went about um, doing that with the, with the other store as well. Um, we were straight on the phone to DHHS, um, Department of Health, and went through all the prompts on the, on, the, on, the, on the phone and were on hold for quite a long time and tried a few different numbers. And I think ones we were even hung up on. And then we went about doing all the paperwork with Department of Health, you know, employer notification that we had a case and, and also WorkSafe Victoria. And, and that was all done by sort of 11 a.m., and then we kind of like, where did we begin? So we started talking to, to, you know, our sort of, you know, compatriots and other hospitality businesses about their experiences and what to do. And we thought, you know, we've got to get this place deep cleaned immediately. Um, and we, we did, um, first the Caulfield bakery and then we did Hawksburn the next day. Um, so we've done all that and, you know, we're kind of waiting. We thought, you know, we'd be in touch with someone and, you know the paperwork's in. We kept trying to call, um, and yeah, we felt felt really powerless, and we still feel powerless. And you know, uh, eventually, um, you know, we did receive a listing, and that was the details that they've they've got on there are uh, incorrect. You know, it's it's kind of it's it all feels really really weird and and, um, and you know, disappointing as well.
1: Well, it's I mean, it's must have been well, it must be especially in those early hours, like such an incredibly stressful period. You know, I know having, you know, visited the bakery numerous times that you guys take COVID safety super seriously, like the systems are incredible, there's really rigorous QR check-in, only two people allowed in at a time. You know, it's very... um yeah you just i felt very safe but of course you know you no one can um if these things aren't watertight you know obviously it's a virus anyone can get it and um yeah through no fault of their own of course um but i think you know that it sounds like yeah, i can just from having that front of house experience i can imagine that your back of house systems are, are really rock solid as well and it it sounds like so all that paperwork you're talking about that's basically your covid safe plan that you've sort of enacted in in the moment you've sort of done everything on that through that process but it sounds like what you're saying is that you were doing your part of you know the due diligence but you felt like the the government systems weren't sort of meeting you halfway and doing their part of it is that is that what you're saying
0: yeah uh, i think you know we we um like straight away we were like okay and only only you know through this whole month this 18 Month period of this pandemic, it's been like ever changing and evolving, um, and wanting to do the right thing because it's a privilege to be open. I think that's the biggest thing that I always reminded everyone like, guys, we need to take this seriously. There are so many businesses closed, and we're an essential business and we're open. So we need to really, you know, take that seriously. So, you know, that's, you know, the way we. You interact with customers the way we interact with each other you know in the beginning of this it was so difficult last year in march in march 2020 like we went to two teams of bakers in front of house that was so difficult we had 60 staff members then and we thought you know that was super difficult um and you know in the end we it was just untenable because we you know, we had to put some staff members on reduced hours and then because, you know, they were used to having a certain amount of income if they were casual, then they started working, you know, kind of under the radar at another, in, in, you know, for another employer. Um, and so, we just felt like if we were trying to do the right thing but, you know, we couldn't, the trust wasn't there, we 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 had to scrap it because it was, it was just, it was too much hard work. We didn't have the staff. It was you know, the changeover in between shifts, like we were doing COVID safe wipe down in between, you'd have three days on for one crew and then four days for the next crew. Um, and, you know, this is when we were all learning about everything. This is before the QR codes, you know, back then that was when it was all about just keep the 1.5 meter, you know, spacing and, you know, two people in the store at only one uh, at any one time, like it, it was quite early on. And as it's evolved through this this whole period, with the pandemic, we've always wanted to keep abreast of all that. You know, what should we be doing? What can we try? Um, you know, the, the, the way we, you know, even with the timesheet app that we use, Deputy, there's the contact tracing so you can see who's worked with what person, you know, at any one particular time and, and and where has that person sat amongst other shifts. So, you know, when we had this, we immediately looked at all of it. We submitted all the paperwork to, to the Department of Health but in, in, in the meantime, because we had no contact, we were like, well, you know, we're all at home. Our operations team are at home. We're using WhatsApp to, communi- to, to communicate with each other. We've got, you know, um, a couple of the guys calling around, production managers calling around to the production team to see how they are. Our whole the, the 50 employees have been tested twice at this stage and we're asking them to go and get tested on day seven on Monday. Uh, for the third time um so all of our front of house have tested negative once again um so we're kind of doing our own contact tracing and 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 sort of mitigation internally
1: which is great but i don't think that's how the system's supposed to work but tell tell us mike like what have you what's happened back of house, like how many staff members have, have tested positive now and, and what sort of what has your in-house contact tracing shown you?
0: Yeah, so, so we've had from one case we've had seven test positive now wow, which wow. you know and i yeah like wow right i didn't you know I, I i always i always knew that it would come about like you know a month a couple of months ago or a month ago we had some cases locally in supermarkets and supermarkets were tier ones and i was like wow i've got to stop going to supermarkets and myself i i there was a period where i I'd, i wasn't going to the bakery during operation hours because it could be a custom that could check in and then we'd be a tier one and then I'd have to isolate all my staff and then that therefore the bakery would shut down from one customer interaction, you know. So I was, I was being really precautious with staff right now with the seven confirmed cases that we have. The way that the, the analysis that we've done and how it's come about is pretty simplified but then there's also a couple of weird ones. So we've got three young guys who live together. They're all COVID positive, And then, you know, so, and then it started with that initial young guy, um, you know, and they had all received their, their first vaccine. And then the other ones were, uh, we've got a a young couple, uh, Korean couple, they, um, Emma, who works at the bakery, um, uh, she, um, uh, her partner lost his job. And so he, during, you know, the shutdown and, he was doing a bit of casual work at the bakery as well. And so they were two positive cases. Um, And then the other one was a weird one where it was the interaction had been quite low, but still we had a, there was another positive case. And then um, later on, one of the other guys tested positive. So some of the interaction was obviously high because these guys lived together, but then the other interactions were kind of few and far between. And you could see that, there were other people that have tested negative twice over where you could say, look, the interaction was much higher on the production area, but yet they've tested negatives.
1: Mm. Well, I mean, I, I guess that's why, well, it's not why, but I mean they do ask people to isolate for 14 days because people can test positive, you know, right towards the end of that period. So I suppose those people... You know, hopefully, are going to keep testing negative, but you just don't know.
0: Absolutely, and so that's with within our business. That's we've got plus twenty that you know for fourteen days, plus twenty employees for fourteen days that you know they they they're going to have to isolate at home, and that's been because we've done that. You know that that tracing that that's you know through the CCTV and through looking at the roster and the contact tracing that we've got in that rostering system that we've we're instructing those those kids. To stay to stay home.
1: I mean, if the whole baking thing doesn't work out, mate, you can. Uh, sounds like you could get a job as COVID commander.
0: Yeah, well, no, it's my down to yeah my my wife, Mia, and and also Lily and and Esther and JP, you know, and Ellie. That all the guys that work at the bakery. That's all due to their work and 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 you know, the communication. It's it's constant communication to see if everyone's okay. You know, because we're all the bakery is still together as one team but we're all apart and it's so that that checking in you know to say like you know how are you guys doing do you need anything like you know have you been tested have you received that that second result back you know um, even one of the guys that the last one of the last individuals that tested positive he um, he was waiting three days for his results from the Alfred and and they went missing so he went and got retested. Um, And then it turned out to be, he was the last positive case we had, but his first test results went missing, which is like, and that was a real, we were like, wow, like, you know, this is, this has been too long, you know, you've got to go out and get tested again. So it's the constant, I think that's where all the hard work is, the constant checking in with everyone. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, we're uh, we're our own little internal sort of like, you know, health department information service or whatever for for all of the staff because everyone's, you know, and then everyone's wanting to know uh, even those people that feel like they can be that, you know, they said, look, you know, you didn't have it. You weren't on the shift on that particular day. You haven't had any interaction with anyone else. A lot of people because, you know, there's that community stigma out there as well that oh you you work at Baker Blue I don't want to be seen by anyone for 14 days on the street you know what I mean and and all of their family so there's a lot of that you know because there's a lot there's not much clarity out there on on you know say they see Baker Blue is um you know tier one or whatever they're like oh, you work for Baker Blue you shouldn't be out and about do you know what I mean so and then on top of all that it's the customer contact as well. So the amount of customer contact, like ninety nine percent of it, positive because we've been transparent and about all the details. You know, just to be just to be clear, like right now on on DHHS uh, website exposure list, they've listed us for like one day, and we've put even more information up on on our Instagram account than than what's on the the, the government website. Um and that's 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 I feel that is the like the the sad part about all of this because they're they're so overwhelmed and and people are wanting more knowledge, so you know it's it's two 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 things that we're doing, like interacting with all of our staff and also interacting with customers who who are worried and also our 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 wholesale customers you know thank thank God that at this stage both front facing and 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 wholesale facing you know they're all then all negative twice over
1: yeah it's um yeah, it, it I, I- I just don't even know what to say. It's just its just such a huge thing that you're going through. And I guess without the sort of the system holding your hand, you know, from a safe distance through this process, it just must be, it just adds a layer of difficulty and frustration. It does sound like a really different experience that you're having now, you know, late late September, October, when the cases are so high than the experience that we talked about on the podcast in June with Miss Frankie, the Cremorne restaurant that was, you know, really at, at the hub of, of a big out outbreak. And I think when cases were just, you know, in the in the teens and 20s and 30s, they felt that they were really, you know, really, their hands were really held through that process. You know, the COVID commander even called them to check that everything was okay. It just sounds like things are completely at a different scale now, which I suppose, you know, in one sense, well, you can understand it is just people doing these jobs um, and they need to have training and all that sort of stuff. But at the same time, you just think, well, didn't we know that, this was going to happen, and this was going to be this was going to be necessary. It's um, and then you know there are small businesses like yourselves with all these people that you want to look after, and you know the business's reputation and all the customers that rely and adore what you do. It's um, it's just it's a lot to for you to be carrying, Mike.
0: Yeah, look, I mean, I, I, I we we're trying to look at it like immediately after it happened, you know, we straight. Straight away, we went to the the positives and we just thought, you know what? It's been grueling because um, you know we've been open uh, we we even open at Christmas time um, uh, you know like a lot of bakeries start on Christmas day we even open on Christmas Day and and you know we've been super busy and we've been super fortunate to be open during you know this whole period of, of you know when a lot of businesses have been closed we've 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 gone the other way like we've ramped up production you know you know doing doing all sorts of things like pizza and and you know just to kind of you know get everyone through and and do you know different different add-on menu items and so it's been really exhausting and straight away I was thought you know what this is a good this is a good break for everyone because we've got a lot of internationals that you know they're kind of like why should I take leave when I can't go anywhere when I can't go home and I thought you know what we've got to look at it. In, in the in the light that sort of this is just a little bit of a rest for everyone because i think you know a lot of people have needed it you know i've needed it um you know all of the the management have needed it and that's i think the best way you can look at it just to do like you know all of the, the maintenance and a deep clean and, and everyone just to have a break i think is the is the biggest thing um you know, uh, but, but at the same time, like I feel like, uh, you know, day two, day three into it, and and you know, not much sort of support coming back. You know, it's understandable because, as you said, like the cases are so high. But I, I, think that you know, you got to kind of, you got to kind of. If if you're if you've got like a business with two storefronts and fifty employees, like at the same time as everyone having a break and and being at home, there's also a little bit of stress there because they don't know what's going on.
1: But Mike, I know you've also looked at this as an opportunity to think about how you're going to reopen and and what you're going to do, how you're going to change things, especially in this new environment where we're going to be. Open and the inevitably there will be more cases, so tell us tell us about some of those thoughts
0: look you know again like I think the last question we was talking about you know like I said you've got to look at it every every sort of crisis or or, or adversity you've got to kind of look at the positives. I think you know this has taught us lessons about how we come back um, you know not only for you know just securing the 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 business and 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 securing the safety of customers and staff, we've kind of like straight away we've seen things by reviewing like you know CCTV and reviewing interactions, um, and I think it's like really it's a it's a shock that you know going forward I think many you know. I'm sure a lot of larger businesses already do this by, you know, securing like, you know, uh, food, food handling business already do this. But, you know, by looking at all the footage, you know, it's, it's, you know, there's the spacing that you've got to have within the store for your, for your, like, you know, your retail environment for your customers. And you've got to bring those same rules into your work environment. Like we had last year, we had the, the spacing of, you know, only having two people at a workbench at any one time. But then, you know, I, I feel like we've it's really sad but we've got to in this day and age to to prevent any transmission, like, you know, we've got to do things like Removing the break room, um, you know, and having a break room outdoors, or asking people to leave the actual premises um, and and go outside during during their break because uh, you know it's 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 where a lot of sort of you know close contact occurs when people are, are relaxed and resting and, and having a meal or sharing a meal together. Only recently, um, you know, we'd said you know uh, for efficiencies and and to, for spacing, we'd said like you know only one staff member could be in the break room at any one time but then you know you've got people other people finishing shifts and you know collecting their 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 personal goods and then going home at the end of the day while someone else was having say a lunch break and then they would both be off guard and have like the contact would be too close we really saw that that was a big big opportunity and put a lot of doubt um um in in our eyes for people to be you know close contacts of of other people's of, of other people in the pr- production area. So, you know, I, I feel like going forward, we, we have to really be strict with the way we, we manage, um, you know, internal contact with, with, within the, the employer, the employees and the business, um, because it just like, it's going to lead to this happening again. Um, you know, and it, it, with restaurants I've said to a couple of like, you know, people that, you know, we talk to and in, in hospitality and in, in Melbourne, you know, from after reviewing all this is like, wow, like when, when, when restaurants reopen, you know, and you, 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 everyone's busy again, you've got, you know, front of house and back at house interaction, you almost have to like separate the two because, you know, one leads into the other, then you've got a COVID positive customer, you know, like tier, tier one, you know, from a customer coming in will then take out the whole business and Is there any sort of backup that you can have on that? Can you separate out your your teams of production? Can you separate the kitchen? You know, how do they interact um, after hours in the in the break room? Like all of these things have to be have to be questioned for for you know to to give you a bit of security that you know. Um, what do you do about staff meal? Like you've got basically if you have a staff meal, then every single person that was there sitting down for that staff meal, if you're honest about how you do things, then you should say they're all done. They're all finished. They're all, they're all isolated. They're all close contacts and, and you have to reset with no one. Um, and that's what's happened to us right now. I mean like I have myself and maybe three other people that we can reopen production with in the next two weeks, which is like based on the production that we were previously doing, that's like 10% of what we can do. Um, You know, we had 20-plus people in production. So, And that's the lesson that I've learned, that there needs to be a a lot of segregation and a lot of, um, you know, uh, I guess big, hard changes that need to happen, i.e. the break room, um, you know, going forward. Otherwise, you, you, you really putting yourself at risk. It's really it's sad to say, you know.
1: It's sad to say. It's it's really makes my heart sink to think about those, you know, that that beautiful contact, that social contact, that's such a part of hospitality and makes it, you know, fun for people to be there. That these are the kinds of things that you have to say no to, at least at least for a while. But I guess you know the the whole thing in the construction industry. They did, you know, if you think about break rooms as the tea rooms of um, of hospo, then it's certainly been. An environment that's been identified as uh, as likely to cause spread if someone is infected.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah, but it's 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 hard because I mean, so many businesses, well, every business really is running so lean in terms of staff. Um, people don't really,
0: mm. and that's something that we've we've really like we've like. We- you know, in and out of going in and out of lockdown last year when we had – we kind of had a really nice summer here um, where it was, you know, we were kind of – it was relatively normal, as close to normal can get. Um, and w- we had like the amount of staff that kind of went back to their previous hospitality jobs. Um, you know, everyone was fighting for staff. And so we we know what that's like. We're, we've had to kind of rebuild our, our team a couple of times. Um, you know it's it's going to be really difficult for staff retention and and you know it's the, the, these are all the challenges you know that we that we have we've got to face
1: mm. i mean you were obviously really proactive with vaccination, but it, it is big news in Victoria at the moment, and i'm sure other states will follow in whatever way just in terms of mandating a first and then a second vaccine for people who are classified as authorized workers um and that includes people in food production and in in hospo, what do you think about that? Do you think that that gives businesses a level of comfort, or do you think it's too heavy-handed? Like, what do you think?
0: Look, I um, like immediately. You know, I remember when we I first thought, you know, what for the for the business, I need to be, you know, one doing the right thing for customers, and I need to be doing the right thing for food service customers, and by giving them a level of assurance. And I think that the 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 grayness of it is is for perspective. I think is you know really un, um is, is worrying. So I was just like, you know what, I'm going to go and get a vaccine myself, and then I'll lead the way by saying to everyone, you know, within the business, I went and got it because that's the right thing. That's that's where I started. Um, at that point, you know, being under 40, uh, the only one that was available to me in Victoria was AstraZeneca, but I was like, you know what. That's that's what that's what I'm going to get, um, and I actually I remember when I went and got one. They were like, "Oh, we'd rather you wait for Pfizer." There was so much, um, you know, there was there was not a lot of clarity there within you know the state or federal government, but you know that was what was available. So I went and got it, and obviously I, the first thing I did is I went and told everyone all the you know staff about it at the bakery, and then Mia, my wife and I together thought, you know what, like w- there is a big risk here with us. The fact that we have so many people coming to the bakery, um, retail-wise, every day, we've got so many employees coming. We're a food business. We're allowed to be open as an essential service, so we need to. Following that, you know, um, sort of privilege, we've got to go and get vaccinated also, and that's the the logic that we put behind it. You know, if you've got that privilege to be to be operating and producing food. Then you know, following that, you know, comes the the, the vaccine, that the the absolute certainty on, on getting that. And so then we we went about you know saying you know a lot of the the staff members, the the employees at the bakery, they're under twenty, um, and we thought you know what what's the best way? Can we do it through money, or can we do it? Let's do it with a voucher because it's it's two hundred dollars, two hundred fifty dollars tax free, and they can choose whatever voucher they want. And we started it that way, but there was still, I got to say, there was still a lot of hesitancy because people, a lot of kids were like, Oh, I'm waiting for Pfizer. And we had to kind of hold their hand, like, where are you at? Like, what do you want to talk to us about it? Um, you know, do you want to, do you want us to help you, you know, find out how to get it, you know, like, how can we help you in any way? that wasn't just me or, or Mia, that was also, you know, other people within within the business that sort of made themselves available to check in once a week with everyone. It took quite a while, I must say, because there was a lot of uncertainty.
1: Yeah, I mean it's understandable the rollout has been such a schmuzzle that it's understandable <laughs> that there was so much uncertainty. And, you know, I've had a lot of those conversations with people in my circles as well and it is really Sort of, it's real hard one-on-one work to, um, help people through those thought processes, um, when there is such a, so much noise out there. I mean, given all that, and I mean, you're ahead of it, but I mean, do you think that for businesses to then say, well, actually, you need, or not for businesses to say, the government said, if you want that job, then you need to get that jab. Like, do you think that that, that makes it a bit easier for people to just, you know, make decide which side they line up on
0: yeah i think i think this whole this whole pandemic has really it's there's there's so much fear that has there's so many elements of fear within this whole you know pandemic that you know have been represented or or cultivated by by media um you know as far as you know just just the constant media cycle of talking about COVID, you know, whether it's how the virus is spread or what the vaccine can do. And I find it really like reassuring to go and talk to a doctor or or something like that. You know, if they're just a friend in in Caulfield, a lot of our customers, um, you know, work in the health service and they they put really good perspective on things like this, you know, that we've actually been doing this for like such a long time and, and this is just another element of it, you know, whether it's, you know, vaccine passport when you you know you traveled when you were younger you know whether you go to South America or, or Africa or you know um you know the 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 I think there's just a, like a a real fear factor that's being cultivated through through all of this um and you know and and that kind of slides into the whole anti-vax thing um so I just think you know, it's really good to put perspective on things. You know, we've actually been doing this for a long time and it's not about, you know, it's the same. I think the travel thing's a really good, great example. You know, if you're younger and you ever traveled from Australia to, to South America or Africa, that was kind of like, well, if you'd like to visit there, this is what you've got to do.
1: Yeah, there was absolutely no hate in that question at all. It was just like you know, get your ticket, get your backpack, get your jab.
0: Yeah, oh, I really want to go to I really want to go to Argentina or something. So the, or, or or Africa, or so like this is what I've got to do for that. For like you know, like tetanus shot or whatever it was, like getting an injection. Like you know, there's a measles. Like you know, it's it's just like they go together really nicely when it's about travel. But then when it's about like the job um and jab thing, then there's it's a lot more heated. You're right.
1: Yeah. I mean look, there are there are lots of industries where um vaccinations of one sort or another have been mandatory, whether it's, you know, particular types of doctors or meat workers. I mean it's kindergarten kindergarteners. <laughs> like it's really it's not, it's not that radical.
0: Yeah. Uh, and I and I, I said to I've said to all the guys, look, you know, we're an essential business and so and and we've been operating the whole time as normal. Like, you know, there've been so many people that have been having to stay at home during, you know, lockdown after lockdown. And yet we've been able to have the the privilege to, you know, like it's not a normal life at the moment for anyone, but, you know, relatively have a normal life by coming to work every day. And so that, that privilege, I think always, you know, boils down to like, you know, what, what's related to that privilege, you know, having, having a vaccine so you can have a safe workspace and therefore create a safe space to create, uh, to bake a product for, a customer base. So that's, that's the way I've always explained it to, to, to everyone in the team. Mm.
1: Well, I mean, you mentioned that there's a lot of COVID talk around. It is rather hard to avoid, especially when you're an exposure site, but can we just talk a little bit about bread?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay.
1: (laughs) I love your bread so much. And, um, I mean, it's, when we get it, it's, I mean, we, we get it quite a bit, but sometimes if I go to the bakery and just, you know, have to get this and then it's that, and then all oh, that looks good and get that and just get this massive bag and then eat half the baguette on the way home, as I'm sure everybody does. Um, But just tell me what you try to achieve with the bread that you bake there.
0: Uh, look, with, with, I think, you know, we as, as the business has grown, um, you know, we've, we've always, you know, we started it in 2016, um, at the end of 2016, which seems like such a long time ago now, Um, but wasn't that long time, uh, that long ago, Um, you know, we're a relatively young business, but we've grown um, quite rapidly. Um, And I think that boils down to like, you know, just respecting the process and and sticking to what you're good at. You know, that's always been a thing where, you know, as you, you open a business and you start baking, you're always you're potentially growing the product line too quickly. We've always tried to simplify and respect the process and just stick to what we're good at. Um, and, and, you know, that's honing in on all the things that make, make the bread amazing, whether it's that crust, um, you know, or the, 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 the the flavor profile through like that super long fermentation when we were from, went from our first little site and to a larger site, we wanted to, you know instead of just saying, look, we want to bake more, which we were able to do, we wanted to like, how can we stretch out that process even more, that, that resting fermentation process even more and bake even later? You know As we started to do a, more volume in our original space, like that fermentation process got shorter because we were baking more in that site whereas in this new site we were able to stretch it out even more and and have the bake time even later so you know the customers were getting something that you know didn't have like a 12 hour fermentation resting process on it it had like an 18 hour um, you know like resting process with the bake time of like you know if we opened the store at 7:30 it came out of the oven at you know 6 or or 7 a.m. Um, so we we've always tried to respect the process and and, um, and and keep it simple. Keep it simple by not having a huge product line. Um, you know, really just, you know, each loaf has to be, you know, that's the thing I'm instilling into everyone. Having that care across every, you know, element of, of the process, you know, like, you know, being absolutely spot on with your mixing and the proving process and and getting that, that amazing quality crust and color in the bread every day. You know, it's not a hard thing. We bake really dark. We bake a lot darker than a lot of other bakeries, but, you know, there is burnt and then there's that beautiful, like dark, deep brown that you want to get. And that's what we, with every loaf, even though we're baking so much more than we were before, still Chasing that on on every single one because you know that's that's what it's all about. We we don't do you know donuts and and cakes and all that sort of stuff that you know maybe a lot of other bakeries do. We we try and specialise in bread, and so if you do that, you want to you want to make it amazing. So because that's how that's how you know someone's going to take it home and enjoy it and 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 you know really feel the that that the, they've got something special. I think that's the thing that we try and focus on. Mm,
1: it is. It is special and it is very distinctive with that dark crust, which I've seen some interesting conversations on your Instagram over the years with people who...
0: Yeah, I like seeing the comments saying, no, it's burnt. Why do they keep burning their bread? look it's it's not for everyone but you know once you like and i understand that there's a lot of there's a lot of amazing bakeries out there and like we do bake darker and and you know there's a lot of people who say it's burnt and you know what it's not for them and there's a lot of other bakeries out there and, and that's okay but the people that love that duck crust you know we've got we've got what they're after you know
1: i love it because to me it's like it's really it, you pushing it right to the edge and you can, you can really, you can taste and you can see the respect for process as you talk about, and, you know, just showcasing the taste of the flower, you know, like it's, it's very, there's so much honor, I think in what you do, but then there's this real daredevil, like how far can we take it? Like, um and yes, I mean, I, I love it. It's to me, it's really, it's really honest bread, but it's also got that little bit of daring, which I absolutely love.
0: Yeah. I think, you know. Yeah, the, 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 you know, I, I call it like, you know, with, with all of the bread we do, like, you know, like we do a really large format, like rounds of, you know, wheels, like 36 rolls in a wheel. And we do like, you know, a really big two kilo loaf. Like these, these are things that we do every day. And like they've got a, they've got a, like they're a lot darker than other bread that you might see. Like I call it like, you know, it's, it's, exaggerated and it's extreme you know as far as like bread goes like it's not a little 600 gram like pale little tin loaf it's you know big it's dark it's crunchy when you when you cut into it at home like i, I love some of our older customers they say oh we really love your bread but it makes too much of a mess at home because um, when you when you slice into it the, the crust goes everywhere <laughs>
1: It's so true, but it's even like in the car. Like I'm sure I could pr- probably make a baguette out of all the crumbs in my car because you just you break off that bit and it just shatters. And oh my goodness, it's it's so awesome.
0: Well, it's nice, you know. It's food. It's real. It's it's not it's not nice and neat. You know, it's
1: not apologetic. Exactly. Um, yeah. Well, Mike, I can't wait for you guys to be back there baking again even if it's reduced capacity no
0: we we can't either we're, we're looking we're looking forward to reopening yeah
1: yeah um, and also I'd just love to give you a shout out for supplying bread to the Attica Soup Project last year for all those long months and it always made us feel so happy to give such beautiful bread such sustaining food to the visa holders that came along and um picked up some soup from us. So thank you so much for supporting that project.
0: No, I know that was a privilege. Privilege. Thank you.
1: Um all right, well yeah and thanks for sharing your story. It's it's a big one. It's you're not going to be the only business going through this. Um yeah, it's I'm sorry that it's been so frustrating. But I also just, yeah, massive shout out for how beautifully you've dealt with it and all the comms that I've seen have been so community-centred and and so caring that you know I think customers are gonna really even feel more in love with you and um yeah come and get whatever bread they can.
0: Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, I think it's super important that we've been, you know, with so little, you know, information out there that we've been as, you know, transparent as possible with our customers because, you know, if you if you don't have customers, you don't have anything, you know what I mean? So you've got to keep your customers happy and, and safe and all the rest, so yeah. But um, uh, we uh, really appreciate you having us on, and, and um, it's it's good to it's good to chat during this this quiet time in our in our in our life. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yep. All right. We'll take care. Can't wait to see you back out there.
0: You too. Thanks, Danny.
1: Thanks, Mike. Bye. This is Dirty Linen, and I'm Danny Valant. We air the issues that the hospitality industry finds hard to talk about hearing from different people with unique perspectives. We want to hear from you as well. If you have something that needs to be said about a topic, get in touch so we can include your perspective. Contact us at Linen at deepintheweeds.com.au or hit us up on Insta at Dirty Linen Podcast. We can't wait to hear from you.
0: Yes.